1: Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: He pioneered Jets blogging and podcasting. He brought smiles to the faces of Jets fans all over the world. He was there through the good and bad. And then,
3: one day... He vanished. People far and wide wondered, where has he
2: gone? When When will he return? return? Thankfully, the answer is now. The OG of Jets
0: podcasting and vlogging is back. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. This is There's Always Next Year with Brian Bassett. I'm back, the real me. Let's not make a whole thing of it.
2: And his co-hosts. Chef Travis Milton. Today we're going to be making the students my tasty baked ziti with basil and fresh mozzarella. And Josh Conrad. Oh, my brother,
0: testify.
2: On Turn On The Jets Digital.
0: Welcome back to There's Always Next Year, the podcast from the Turn On The Jets Network with myself, your host, Brian Bassett. And also you can follow me on Twitter at Brian underscore Bassett. But we have two of our amazing... Co hosts here Travis Milton, who you can find on Twitter at dash 37 board 27, and Josh Conrad uh, at Josh underscore Conrad. So now we welcome Thomas Jones to the show. Thomas, of course, is a UVA Cavalier, former first round draft pick, one of 25 players in NFL history to reach the 10,000 yard plateau as a runner. He is a model, he is a producer, he is an actor, he is a tech entrepreneur. And I'm sure there he's got many other hyphens that I, I have not even uh, included. So I do apologize ahead of time. But Thomas, <laughs> welcome. Thank you for taking time on the There's Always Next to Your podcast.
4: We appreciate it. Thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, I am, I'm always looking forward to talking to people from home, man. Always, man. Always. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm so still
2: Travis back here, man. Grip- I got to tell you, like uh, every time I go into Wise, where I grew up in Wise. Um I a lot of people ask me if I've ever if I've ever gotten to talk to little Thomas and it always throws me back because I'm like, Are you talking about Thomas Jones? That's little Thomas. <laughs> but then I realize they're talking like your dad's big Thomas and you're little Thomas.
4: Uh, ah, yeah, 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 me and my dad have the same name. So no, it's weird though, because I would never think that they would think say little Thomas and Wise, because I never spent much time in Wise. And, wives, and uh, I I'm see. not sure if my dad spent much time in Wise, but you never know. You know, my mom and dad have lived there their whole life. So you know, maybe they have it as big times. But I've been gone for a long time too. I've been gone since I was 17. I'm 41. So uh maybe yeah. they were always telling me Little times
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well yeah, little no more. Um you've definitely accomplished a lot since leaving Big Stone Gap. Um but uh you know on the way, you know, Wise County, Travis, another wise county uh guy, um we we appreciate your your time ta- taking time. So so one of the things that that we want to know is like you know this has been one just coming off the NFL draft just this past weekend. Um, well, actually, so before we get to that, I need to ask: is as your family good? Everybody's healthy, I hope. Um, everybody's kind of yeah. staying put, and okay,
4: good. Yeah, everybody's yeah. good. Everybody's doing well. Um, they're safe and sound, social distancing, washing their hands, you know, uh, well, at least we better be because my mom texts us every day. Uh,
3: <laughs> <laughs> Wash so your I hands. Know
4: I, I know I am. I don't want to get a doghouse, but I, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure the rest of my siblings are too, so. That's nice. good. Well, that's good.
0: So, so one of the, one of the, yeah, that's important. And yeah, you, you don't want to reflect poorly on your mama ever and so she's like, oh, my boy didn't wash his hands, right? Like, oh, it's bad news. bad news. Yeah. Um, so, so one of the things that we're curious about is um, when you – so just coming off the NFL draft, um, you know, we just saw um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire co- uh, go to the Chiefs at the very end of the first round. We saw Jonathan Taylor go to um, the Colts in the second round, a couple other guys in the third and fourth mm-hmm. round. Um, when you think about when you were playing and kind of coming out of school um, and going into the league versus um, how running backs are kind of treated and viewed now in the modern NFL, like, are there differences? I mean, I'm sure you, know, you stay in touch with teams and you know, players and agents and that sort of thing. Like, or just what's your perspective on um, how the league looks at the running back position today versus, right, you know, 15 plus years ago when you were kind of coming into the league and in the league?
4: yeah i think it's i think the running backs are very very disrespected um and i mean and i and I'm, I'm of course i'm a little biased to running backs, but mm-hmm. I also know the value of running backs and and um, I feel like there's been this myth of um you can get a running back in the later rounds um i mean you you obviously can, but it doesn't mean that you should you know right. um the, the best backs in the league production-wise are still the first-round picks, you know, uh, first-round, second-round guys. And that's not saying that a third-round to second-round guy can't end up being the Hall of Famer. I mean, look at real Davis. I mean, I, mean, I right. think there are more undrafted free agents in the Hall of Fame than first-round picks, um, wow. actually. But I do think that there's been a myth that um, the running back position isn't as valuable, um, running the ball isn't as valuable. And it, and it is. I mean, the teams that went to the Super Bowl usually have an incredible running game. Um, and it helps uh, with time possession. It, it, it helps, um, you know, um, keep the defense on their toes. And it helps physically wear them down, psychologically wear them down. Um, so when you when I'm watching the draft and I see backs like Jonathan Taylor and, and J.K. Dobbins, these guys, and they drop all the way to the late second round. Um, it definitely frustrates me because I know those guys did everything that they were supposed to do to be a first round draft. And um, it just seems like they're suffering because of maybe it could be um, fantasy football that's created this myth of it's a passing league. Um, I don't know, but I know coming out of my draft, if, if I would have dropped to the second round because of some myth, uh, I would have been pretty pissed off. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I think there's a number of things in play, right? I mean, I think there's kind of the metrics community. I think there there is also the sense of, like, you know, what a three-down back is and does, and, like, you know, the passing game, you know, being a big element. So I think that certainly contributes to that. But you're right. Like, guys like Jonathan Taylor, like, I thought he would have been a first-round pick, and I was surprised um, that he was not because I think he is, you know, when you look at him and you measure him and kind of you know, put him – against the other players, like, you know, like it's him and Saquon Barkley in the last five years in terms of like best, best prospects coming into the league. And so I do think that there is this kind of over fascination on wide receivers and, but I do think my, my hope is that it's coming back. And I think guys like Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara and some of these guys, you know, that are kind of getting into their, you know, second contracts, hopefully will start to reset things. And, and to your point as teams are, you know, starting to value that position more, I mean, you look at what green Bay is doing, you look at what, um, you know, Tom Brady and Tampa are, are doing right. They're start, they're trying to get these guys more, more talent around them. But you're right. There is yeah, there is yeah. a sense of like, oh, you can get a guy. Like, oh, we, we just do running back by committee. He's like, it's not a problem.
4: But that's not really... I mean, if you look at the top backs, Christian McCaffrey, every down back. Derrick Henry, every down back. Nick Chubb, every down mm-hmm. back. DQ Elliott, every down back. Uh, Todd Gurley, before the injury, every down back. And he may bounce back in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are all first-round guys. These are right. all back. Saquon Barkley... Um, I mean, uh, the kid from the Raiders. Uh, um, uh, oh, Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Jacobs. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, these kids are, I mean, they're first-round picks and they're producing at a high level. Um, and, you know, and I understand it's business. And if anything, you know, this should show the fans that the NFL is business, you know, because if teams can get a bargain and teams can get a steal. They can will, regardless of where you mm. feel you, do, you deserve to go. They will not uh, hesitate to save money if they can. Um, But I think there isn't, you know, uh, this infatuation with receivers. Um, I think there is this infatuation with, uh, you know, even quarterbacks. Um, You know, I mean, my year in the draft, we had five first-round tailbacks five. Yeah. Um, you know, Jamal Lewis was five. I yeah. was seven. Ron Dane was 11. Um, mm. Sean Alexander was like 18 or 19. And then Trunc candidate was like 31 or 30 mm-hmm. or 32. Yeah, he so was like, like the games. last week or something. Yeah. So, yeah. So so we had five in the first round. And three of us, me and Jamal went over 10,000 yards. Sean Alexander went over 9,000. Um, Trunc started off behind Marshall Falk. And I mean, anytime you start up behind a future Hall of Famer, you know you have to wait your turn. He you just never got a chance to really play. And then um, Ron Dane, you know, played behind Tiki Barber, who mm-hmm. ended up rushing for over ten thousand. So he didn't really get a chance initially in his career, even. You know, so um, yeah, I think there's just an infat- infatuation with, this, with the passing game and with receivers and quarterbacks. But I think the core of the offense is that when. Are still the running game, which which is a, which has a, most of those teams have a future backs. So
2: you know, um, I, I feel I feel terrible for for kids that are you know the one, Yeah, I grew up wanting to be a running back, but I was fat and had long arms, so I ended up playing center. <laughs> so I, I pay way for running backs. Um, so I, I feel you know like looking between them dropping in the draft now and this like mythic uh, almost like shelf life that uh the nfl has come up with that once you hit 30 you're done uh which you proved wrong you you uh got the afc rushing title at 30 curtis martin at 31 um i what would you say to kids that want to be running backs and that's what they have in front of them you know if if they make it to the nfl they might get a second they're going to get a second contract but there might not be anything after that like the way it is now
4: that's a good question um I mean, I I still think, you know, if that's a position you're passionate about, that's the position you should, you should, you know, commit yourself to. Um, Because there are backs that are getting deals. But then you see a guy like Derrick Henry get franchised, and it's like, but then you see Mm -hmm. Christian McCaffrey get a big deal. Um, So I I think it depends on the team. I think it depends on um, the salary cap. Um, You know, there's a lot of factors that go into it. but, you know, I definitely wouldn't discourage a kid from trying to, you know, um, become an NFL running back because of um, the potential of not getting a second nice uh, or The potential of not being a first-round pick. I, I think I, – I don't, I don't think that's well, – I mean, if, if running back's your passion, you could probably commit yourself to being a good running back versus having to yeah. make it, mm-hmm. play another position just because you're thinking about a future contract or a future draft slot you have to be passionate about a thing, right? If you're not passionate about
0: playing, I don't know, safety or defensive back or, you know, whatever it would be, um, and, and but you're, you're passionate about playing running back, like do the thing you're passionate about and the situation hopefully, right, if it's meant to be, like it'll happen. Like you certainly have to put the time in, um, but it will make itself – like the passion will only help you. Um, in the long run to get where you're trying to go. So I think that's versus like being a mercenary about it and say, well, I'll make more money if I'm a cornerback. So I'm just going to, I'm going to move to this other position. Like, do you love it? I
4: mean, mean, depending on what position, I mean, some people, I mean, I love defense when I was in high school too. I love playing um, uh, the Rover back, you know, but, but, but I loved, you know, playing running back more. Um, I was talented on defense and I loved contact. I was a physical player. Mm-hmm. Um, but I loved the running back position more, and, and you know, um, that was what I was, I was drawn to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like I said, I, I think there's just so many different elements to the NFL now. Um, but at the end of the day, it's still football. Um, it's still X's and O's. It's still execution. It's still running, catching, tackling. Um, no matter what the bells and whistles are, no matter how many platforms, NFL Network and Twitter and social media, all these, you know, people with, you know, platforms and podcasts and voices, you know, when it comes down to it, when that ball snapped, you have to do the fundamental things right. And you'll never get away from running the football uh, in regards to winning. You have to run the football effectively to win. You might not have the NFL rushing champion. That's what a lot of people say. Well, the teams that won didn't have... Mm -hmm. uh, 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 an NFL rushing champion, you know, and it's like, well, you know, the teams that actually, that, that actually, you know, one did have effective running games and, you right. know, statistics will tell you and common sense, will tell you that the better the prospect of a running back, you have the better that he potentially would be. So if you're playing the numbers, it makes sense to draft a running back in the first round. Someone that, you know, has done it in college, done it against the top competition. Um, that's just percentages. That's just, you know, common sense to me.
0: No, absolutely. And so you talk about, you know, loving, loving, running, loving contact. Like you, you definitely, I mean, certainly you could avoid contact, but you, you don't get 15 touchdowns in 2008 without some contact. You don't get, you know, 200 plus yards, um, you know, for the, for the Jets uh, I think single game record in 2009 against the bills yeah. without, without loving some contact. Um Curious to know, like, so, you know, you played on a number of different teams, um, and then you played on the Jets, and effectively, you played on two different teams with the Jets. You played with Mangini, and then you played with Rex. Just curious to, you know, hear some stories about your time with the Jets, um, kind of, you know, what you thought of your time there, um, you know, what, what you know, how different were <laughs> were those regimes <laughs> going from <laughs> Eric Mangini to Rex Ryan. That must have been a little bit of uh, you know, um, let's say discipline whiplash, let's say. Uh so just curious to yeah. to hear about your time with the Jets and some some memories you have of there the team, yeah, the players.
4: Yeah, two, you yeah, two different almost like two different organizations within one mm-hmm. with, with Eric. I was with Eric Mangini for two years, my first two. Um the first year I wanted to quit football. I was
3: <laughs>
4: I mean, it was just – it was literally like, you know, every day was like basic training in the military. I mean, it was just mm-hmm. – it just wasn't fun. Um, Eric Eric was a great X's and O's coach. He understood X's and O's. He understood mm-hmm. strategy. It comes from that Belichick-Barcells world. Um, so you're going to know where to be. You're going to know where the defense is going to be, and vice versa. If you're on our defense, you're going to know where the offense is going to be. But um, he just – was relentless in practice. Um, physically, we were tired. Physically, we were hurt. We were beat up. Psychologically, we were beat up. And so we go into the games. Um, and my first year in 07, we just couldn't compete. We just couldn't compete. Um, and I think we were four and twelve. And then the next year was when Brett Favre came, and Brett had a little juice, um, you know, coming to New York. And so you know, mm-hmm. we were able to say, well, if Brett's not doing it, we're not doing it. You know, that kind of thing. Because in seven <laughs> That was my first year there. So Eric would ask me, what do you think we should do for practice? Do you think we should be in shoulder pads and helmet? And I'd say, no, mm-hmm. I think we should do sales today because, you know, guys are pretty sore. And yeah. he'd go, okay, I got you. And next thing you know, I look on the, the, the practice sheet and we're in full pads. Um, <laughs> so, but the next year, with Favre, it was different, you know, and, and it paid off. You know, I think we won like seven, or eight straight games. We missed the playoffs by a game or two. You know, but it was an it was a little bit better because practices weren't, as physically demanding. Um, Mm -hmm. He was a little bit more lighthearted. Guys didn't feel as much pressure. And so we were able to actually kind of get some chemistry and have fun. And we, that was the I led the FC rushing had fifteen touchdowns. Then the next year, Rex comes and he's a totally different coach, players coached guys loved him. He was like one of us there. He didn't have to motivate, motivate us to play. I mean, we, we would have run through brick walls for, for Rex. And, um, and that's why, you know, we ended up going 8-8 eight and eight, and then going to the playoffs with Mark Sanchez, who was young. Um, and, you know, we were patient with him. I spent a lot of time with Rex, you know, uh, with with, with uh, Mark, because, you know, it, it's a lot of pressure, man. Coming to New York City as a 21-year-old kid, as a quarterback. And, um, you know, that's a ruthless city when it comes to their sports. They're serious. They don't care. They don't care who you are. They don't care how old you are. Um, they want you to make plays. And so, um, you know, he struggled, but, um, you know, we, 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 we hung in there with him and we were able to go to the AFC Championship game and lose to Colts. But, yeah, it was like two different organizations yeah. um, that I played for. I've heard move. some
2: tough love stories about you and, you and how you uh, treated Mark, um, whether it be uh, <laughs> when, in San Diego when he was trying when, – when y'all were trying to get on the bus and he,
4: he did not want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> what happened what happened uh, yeah Mark you know you know that's the thing man you know when I came in the league in 2000 there was no uh, there was no NFL network um, right there was no social media I mean it was yeah. you know you had to earn your stripes and, mm-hmm. and earn your special routine um, that's I guess you know it, it no different than when you come up as a freshman in high school and you know right. you're on the varsity team you know, so it's just another level, it's the same mindset, same yeah. dynamic. Yeah. And, uh, and then with him being a quarterback um, and me being a starting running back, I had to, you know, you know, I'm in the huddle with him. You know, I'm the one mm-hmm. that's telling him, hey, you called the play wrong, or um, right. don't throw it deep, throw it to me, or, you know, don't throw the check down, hand it off. Mm-hmm. You know, so we created well, – I had a really, really good relationship with Mark. Yeah. It kind of like a big, big, big brother, little brother right? kind of relationship. That's um, what i heard. But, uh, yeah, he's a good kid, man, and he worked hard, um, you know, and, and, and like I said, I commend him for, for, for continuing to play hard despite the ruthless yeah. criticism. Yeah. My first year there in 07, I had 1,100 yards, and I only had one rushing touchdown, and, I mean, they yeah. were telling me to go back That's to Chicago. Right. And I just came back from, I just, I'm just playing the Super Bowl. So, you know, this kid, he, he you know, they, they, they were on him, but he, you know, he was super mentally, mentally tough. I have a lot of respect for him. Yeah, yeah, it was great.
0: But yeah, there's always going to be a, a degree of you know hazing or welcome to the NFL, you know, even among your teammates, right? Like you know, among guys, there's that kind of brotherhood and camaraderie. And like, if you can't, if you can't deal with a little bit of you know getting, getting the business, like then you're just going to get the business more, right? So, so that's so
4: that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. it's not the place for the faint of heart not at all i mean it's the nature of the game the nature of the business um it's not a very rational world the Mm -hmm. locker room being on the football field it's not a very rational logical place to be i mean uh you know
3: it's not telling me
0: tell me 53 or whatever 80 alpha alpha males all in one place is uh (laughs) it can get a little it can get a little tough
3: no (laughs)
4: Yeah, money's on the line Uh, Contracts, endorsements, competition You know, I need my carries The quarterback needs his throws The receiver needs his catches Um, I mean, if I don't produce, I'm fired If he doesn't produce, he's fired Mm. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure daily You know, Um, and then coming in as a rookie You have to earn your respect Because all of us did
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez And I'm Jason Kelly From Bloomberg
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet.
2: One of your old teammates uh, that's not Mark Sanchez actually passed along a question for me to ask you. Uh, he was a defensive lineman with the Jets. He, uh, he passed along for me to ask you why you don't like people touching you after you get a tattoo.
4: I don't know what that has to That is Jamal Jamal Westerman.
2: Westerman Jamal Westerman. I don't know what the story is.
4: (laughs) Jamal Westerman? Yeah. Yeah.
2: He he said something about you got a new tattoo, and, like, you were literally threatening to beat the crap out of anybody that touched you or not. I don't know anything. I don't know anything behind it. But he said it was. Hilarious. Uh-huh.
4: He said, "Ask him about touching uh, maybe, this tattoo." Maybe, maybe it was. Too, maybe it was still sore or something. I don't know. Yeah. That's probably. I love. don't know.
2: I, yeah. I, I told him <laughs> I would pass it along. But either way.
4: Well, yeah. yeah. If
2: I had yeah, gotten yeah. a
0: tattoo recently, I wouldn't be too happy if uh, if someone was poking me. Well, yeah, I'd you got know what And
2: if I was a running back and I had to, I had to freaking go through the line after getting a tattoo, I would be ready to kill somebody.
4: I <laughs> <laughs> think back then too. I mean, especially in practice. You know, guys were uh, you know very temperamental um, mm-hmm. because you know you're it's hot. You have shoulder pads on. You know, you get yelled at. Um, you might have <laughs> screwed up in a play. You know, tell 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 uh, tell him if it was directed towards him. I, I don't take it personal. I didn't mean it personally. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah. We'll pass it. We'll
0: pass it along. He was a good um, player too. He was a
4: good player. Too. Yeah.
0: So yeah. we, we need to know what what you think about UVA and their and their uh, their draft. So they had a couple guys drafted: Bryce Hall, who goes to the Jets, and yeah. then uh, Joe Reed. Is that right, Joe Reed? Yeah, yeah Joe Reed, Reed yeah. Went, went
2: to, to the, the Chargers. Chargers. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yes, that's right. Yeah. So what do you think about and, your kind of who's now now going into the NFL? Any
4: thoughts on those guys? I'm, I'm excited for them, man. Bryce Perkins, you know, free agent. I think he's interested mm-hmm. at the Chargers. They had some great players. I mean, they won the ACC. You know, I'm disappointed that those guys didn't go higher. Uh, uh, Joey Blunt, I think one of the one of the uh, DBs didn't get drafted. I don't, I'm not sure if he got signed, which I was disappointed. Uh, um, Dubois, number eight, I can't think of his first name. Incredible receiver. I don't think he was drafted. Yeah, that dude's
2: great. I mean, he didn't get drafted.
4: Yeah, yeah. There's just, I mean, there's so many. There were so many really, really good players of Virginia that just didn't get drafted. But it also goes to show you how hard it is to make it to the NFL. Um, mm. Not just to be drafted, but even be an, a free agent, just to get a shot. I mean, it's very, very hard uh, to get that opportunity um, out of so many talented players in the country, and the NFL draft shows you that. You know, watch you when you're watching a draft from round one to seven, you see all these incredible players in college, and you they think they're going to go first round. The next thing you know, they don't even get drafted. Um, but no matter where you're drafted, you know, at the end of the day, once you get on the field, you know, it's all about production. With your first round pick, and you're not producing, they're going to find a way to get you out of there. If you're a seventh round pick and you're not producing, they're going to get you out. If you're a free agent you're producing, they're going to find a spot for you. That's just how it is.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the things that I've, I've seen and I've really appreciated you on, you know, just on, in your Twitter account and just some of the things you'll you'll post is like, hey, you know, this is a livelihood. This is business. Like, you know, people shouldn't be talking about what other people are getting or making or, you know, you need to be a team player or whatever. Like, this is a business and you're, you know, yeah. you're one one, you know, you're a business of one and you've got to do what's yeah. best for you and, and all the things that, that you've got to, you know, you've got to do to kind of set yourself up. Um, and so I appreciate that fact because I think a lot of fans don't really understand, you know, as you said earlier, like, you know, teams are going to do their best to cut corners, take advantage, um, you know, yeah. use, use, use uh, whatever PR against you, that kind of thing. So, yeah, so I respect yeah. the fact that yeah, you're outspoken really- about that.
4: Well, I went through it. I went through it several Mm -hmm. times. And fortunately, I didn't have anyone publicly say anything about my contract. But I know what it feels like to, um, you know, work your ass off and and deserve a raise and for teams Mm -hmm. to jerk you around and and, um, manipulate the situation and make you look like you're being selfish or make you look like the bad guy. And a lot of times the fans don't know the ins and outs of the situation. And all they know is that, you know, you're hurting the team which comes first to them, but they're not understanding, hey, you know, I'm going to work every day, I'm getting beat up in practice, I'm working out every day, I'm watching film all night, I'm doing all the necessary things, giving my heart and soul for my job, and I'm getting paid less than what I deserve. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it wouldn't be so bad if the teams wouldn't cut a player before they gave them the money that they signed, agreed to. So it's kind of like the teams are allowed to not honor the contract, but as soon as a player – wants to question the contract, then the player's selfish. And yeah. I've never been, I've never shied away from calling teams out. I, I, I didn't go to the offseason program when I was with the Chicago Bears. I wanted a new deal. Um, I didn't go to the offseason program with the Jets. I wanted a new deal. And yeah. uh, the, Jet, the Bears traded me, um, which ended up working out because I got a new deal. Mm-hmm. But the Jets cut me, and they owe me a $3.2 million roster bonus on March 3rd. They cut me on March 2nd. After I rushed okay. for 1,400 yards, 14 touchdowns, Um, so I earned the $6 million contract for the next year, but they cut me the day before. So if I post something on social media, it's coming from a place of experience. And sometimes, you know, fans will comment and they'll say certain things. And I understand that they, they might not necessarily get it because they're a team first fan. They're rooting for the Jets or the Bears or whatever team is. So I understand that, but it's a little different for us because we're more emotionally attached the situation because you know our families and livelihood futures are on the line um because of what, the nature of our job i could break my leg i could get paralyzed um so at least you know i want to be compensated for the work that i'm that i'm doing yeah and yeah, I, yeah
0: and i think it's the one league that has that kind of one-way system and so basically like you know in basketball or baseball or i mean not to say that there aren't uh, hardships there too there certainly are Um, but you know, you can't just get out of contracts the way you can in the NFL. And like, I, I, that's why, like, I just, I've learned to always be on the sides of the players because, because
4: they're the ones taking
0: all the risk, all the risk.
4: Yep. So, yeah. Well, then a lot of people, they, they see the amount of money that we're already making. And so they, and they say, well, make assumptions. Yeah. You're being greedy. You're already making a certain amount, but in reality, it's, it's not about what we're making; it's what we're worth, just like anyone else. Right. Um, it's a multi-billion-dollar business, um, so of course, the, the, the money is in comparison to the job description. Um, so you know, but a lot of people, and I understand that it's hard for them to mm-hmm. understand someone already making five million a year wanting ten. You know, um, but when it but when it comes to the production, if I'm putting in the extra work and I'm putting in the extra time and I'm producing. It's not fair for me to watch another guy that's doing the same thing as me make 10, not right, make it yeah. and I'm it, making five. And it's all relative, but, yeah. but I understand, being at the game, I understand from both perspectives. Now, when I played, I didn't care about what a fan thought, I was focused on me and my family, where now I see it from a different perspective. And there's also a sense of like, you're standing on the shoulders of
0: giants, right? Like what you do and what you said in the terms of your deal are going to help. They're going to help you clearly, but they're also yeah. going to help yeah. the, next, the person. next person. It's going to help. It's going to help the person that helps the person that helps, yeah. you know, Derek Henry or whatever. Right. Like, um, so that yeah. there, there is that sense and that you have to carry it for, for everybody and got to do what's right for not for yourself, but that's also going to build out for, for others too. I hope
4: yeah, because it's, a, it's a business, it's a business first, you know, it's, right. you know, it's it's a business first. It's, you know, it's not the teams. you know, they want to win and, you know, but these teams, they, you know, they have to make their bottom line. I mean, they're charging mm-hmm. for everything. They're charging for parking, they're charging for hot dogs, they're charging for tickets, they're charging for any and everything you can't, you can't get anything free at an NFL stadium <laughs> Maybe a, maybe a towel or something. That left on the ground. But they're charging for every single thing that you're doing, um, so they're making their money, and that's yeah. really, what, really, what, matters. really no, what matters. Exactly. So hey, let's let's flip
0: let's flip this a little bit now, and that's great, great perspective, and I think it's good for, for folks to hear that. Uh, so thank you for, yeah. for taking us through that. So talk, no talk problem. before we, before we go, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, I'm, like, so you played football. It was such a big part of your life, kind of growing up, coming from Virginia, you know, going to, going to UVA, being in the NFL, obviously you've had lots of interests over your life. And now that you're kind of, you know, you're, you're no longer in the league. Like you've been going crazy in terms of like all the different (laughs) things that you're doing, which is awesome. Like, it's so, it's so cool to see how many different, you know, businesses and things you're doing and, you know, you know, kind of how many careers you have. Yes. Right. Luke Cage. I mean, hello. (laughs) Straight out of Compton. Yes. I mean, so, so like, so talk a little bit about what it's been like. To go from, you you know, you're so focused on football um, to do whatever you want now. Like, what has that been like for you? Has it been crazy, scary,
4: fun, all of it? You no, know, it's been random. Um, <laughs> you know, acting, I just fell into that. I didn't, I never had any aspirations of being an actor, and I fell into it. And I found that it was similar to football in a lot of ways. You know, it's challenging, it's... uh um, very, very competitive. Um, you have to dedicate yourself to actually be good, and then you have to dedicate yourself to continue to keep going despite getting told no a lot of times, whether it's mm-hmm. an audition, whether it's, um, you know, uh, getting funding for a project you're trying to, to, to produce. Similar to football, you know, one game I may have 60 yards and a fumble, um, and I have to bounce back the next week, and I may have 130 yards or two touchdowns. It's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's a playbook. You have to know the playbook. The more you know your playbook the better you're prepared you'll be for the game and you'll be able to react and you won't be thinking as much you'll know where Ray Lewis is lining up you'll know where uh you know Ed Reed is for the play and so you can just react instead of having to you know second guess yourself instead of big in acting you know the script and more you know the material the more you do the work on the backstory and the character the more they say action you just live in the moment and um similar to football when the ball snap. so I just kind of gradually started finding these similarities and, and it made me really love acting I started producing my own content because I was tired of waiting on somebody else to give me an opportunity. Um, and then, you know, technology, my app, Castar, Um I know through my acting classes, I've met a lot of talented actors that just couldn't get managers, agents, they couldn't get opportunities um, to perform and showcase their talent. And so that motivated me to create my app um, so talent can find gigs on the app and they don't necessarily have to have an agent or manager and they can still have an opportunity to, to do what they love. Um, I just came into this five years ago. A lot of these actors, they've been doing this their whole life, um, and I've been fortunate enough to be cast for some stuff, and I'm a little bit further ahead of them in, in my career. And and a part of that made me feel a little, a little guilty um, talking to the, some of the students after class because I get to know them, we to get together, become friends and family. Yeah. And um, some of these people have kids. Some people have you know side jobs. I've been fortunate enough to play in the NFL where I can be in LA consistently and don't necessarily have to worry about some of the things that they have to worry about, which has helped me move forward quicker. But my app cast star um, is booming. It's in Los Angeles only right now, but we're about to, uh, we're fundraising now. So, um, once we raise the funds, we'll make it national. Um, yeah, so- man, I'm just, you know, just, I'm just, I'm just having fun, man. I'm just taking <laughs> things as they come and, and, and enjoy it.
0: Well, I think oh, yeah. that- And I think that's the best way to go. Right. I mean, Travis or Josh, you know, in life, you know, the, the, you can't just wait around for people to give you stuff. Like, um, you certainly have to just try things and in trying things, Mm -hmm. hopefully some good things are going to happen. And so like clearly good things are happening. So that's, So that's awesome. And then right to kind of pay it forward and say, hey, right, if if Castar can help other people. So so explain it's is it like a marketplace for people that are looking for agents and representation or um, um, I'm talking about it?
4: Think of Craigslist slash LinkedIn for talent. Okay. So 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 you can download the app. Um, when you sign in, you're either looking for gigs or you're looking to hire talent. So say you have a fashion show, you're looking for models, or say you have a short film, you're looking for actors, then you sign in according to whatever you're trying to do on the app, whether you're looking for talent or whether you're looking for the opportunities. Say I'm looking for the opportunities, I would sign in and say, uh, book a gig, which means I'm looking to book a gig. And then it would take me to uh, a blank profile page. Now I can create my own profile, I can put uh, images, I can put uh, my acting reel. I can put my uh, social media content. If it's maybe me in a scene, or maybe whatever it is that I want to showcase. My bio, um, my work experience, and then I'll go to the gigs tab, and then all the gigs that are in my area. You see the gig, and if you like the gig and it matches your ability, then you would hit submit. And then once you hit submit, then the person who posted the gig gets a notification: "Hey, Thomas Q. Jones submitted to your gig." Now they can click on my profile page see my work see my work experience and if they like me then they can connect with me directly message me hey love your uh, acting reel love your bio your page um let's connect so really and and also you can connect with other talents so i can go on the app and i could see your profile brian yours josh hey josh how you doing man what's, what's going on but you have uh, <laughs> this um and i could click your bio your your, your page and i could see wow travis is pretty dope i see you studied at juilliard or you studied here or there and i could hit the connect button and then it would pin and so once you see you get a notification thomas q jones wants to connect with you and you can look at my page and if it makes sense then you can accept me and now me and you can talk so oh, yeah. um awesome. it's, it's just connecting talent um it's free to download um you know we and want to just you know. we want to be a community for talent to be able to connect with each other and communicate and work with each other because that's the majority of uh the Hollywood and entertainment industry is networking, um, right. with people, you know, and a lot of people, they're either too shy in person, um, or they're maybe not as, uh, as extroverted as some other
5: people. And it makes it a lot easier when you can connect with someone online. Especially what, do the markets, market? what do you think the market is like for three amateur podcasters that are degenerate jet fans? You think we could get a gig somewhere? <laughs>
4: Man, there's all kinds of games going there. Uh I mean that's the thing. Look, 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 anybody is anybody can be a celebrity. Anybody's dream can come true. You have social media, you have YouTube, you have access to so many people around the world. Um hmm. and when I came to the NFL in two thousand we didn't have some we didn't have Twitter. You know Hey, hey look look me look message. me up
2: if you want to start adding chefs uh on there. <laughs>
4: josh josh and that mustache
0: josh's mustache is like primed for like it's dying russian it's ready. russian villain or something i don't know what's going on with that thing
4: wow it's ready for the prime time yeah there He's, might be some roles on there for josh man josh when you're, when you're in la man I, shoot me a text man and, now and now i'll so sure. sure no
5: Nobody. that's awesome man I've, I've got some friends out in la that are they're trying to they're grinding like they're trying to find gigs like they're they've moved out there with, with the dream of being in Hollywood. And so something like this is awesome. Like, it's really great for, for talent and for producers directors to find the right people for the roles yeah. that they're creating, man. So, so credit to you. That's awesome.
4: Yeah. Thank
5: you. Yeah. Because
4: a lot of, uh, a lot of studios now they're, you know, they're not trying to spend a lot of money. Um, so what they do is they wait for the creatives to create their own content. And, and a lot of times if you're a director, you don't have a budget maybe for a casting director or you might not know specific actors personally, but you can go on the app and find some incredible actors, uh, connect, um, you can even find crew. And now you can shoot your short film or whatever it may be. And then and, and now you can put it on YouTube or you can put it on social media. And now a major studio, because they're looking to save money, they're going to see your concept, they like it. Now they bring you in, they give you a budget. Now you have your own show. That's kind of how a lot of these ma- major streaming platforms now are, are coming up with their content. Uh, it's not original content. It's stuff that's already been out online. Uh, and that's why you see so many new faces, new actors, new talent, and all these new projects because they're taking advantage of uh, social media. But there's not a hub, a universal hub. Like when you go to LinkedIn, you know you're going there to professionally connect with professionals. And that's what Caststar is. It's the professional, creative um, platform for talent to, to connect with other creatives and talent and also submit the gigs too.
0: That's really cool. And I think like, obviously, you know, LA
4: is the, you know,
0: is the the center of, of all that, but right. You still, you you have cities like Vancouver, you have cities like new Orleans, you have or Baton Rouge and uh, places like Atlanta where they are these kind of burgeoning entertainment hubs. Um, mm-hmm. But they, yeah, and maybe they've got a network there, but it's all just who knows who kind of stuff. And so, so how, you know, how do they kind of, you know, connect with folks in their own city or or you know they want to they're already doing stuff in in atlanta and now they want to move to
4: la how do they you know what yeah are yeah well i mean we're, we're bringing hollywood to you with Castaway. Right. that's what we're doing yeah. we're bringing hollywood to because There's so many talented people across the country um the majority of people are that are in hollywood aren't from la they aren't from california they moved there like right. me um so we're just trying to bring opportunities um to people across the country a lot of the major films you see are shooting in some of these places like Louisiana, um, uh, New Mexico, Alabama, Kentucky, because they have tax credits. So a lot of these major production companies are filming there and they're looking for talent, um, local talent from those cities um, to in a part of those projects. So, yeah, I mean, we've, we study the market. It's a wide open market. It's right for what we're doing for our platform. Um, like I said, we're in the fundraising phase now just so we can build it out for our Android and our web-based version um, and then make it national. But right now in L.A., yeah. you know, we like
0: it.
4: Oh, yeah.
0: minimum viable product. minimum viable product it's good yeah. it's good stuff yeah. um yeah. all right yeah. we we yeah. gotta let yeah. thomas go we're gonna have to let yeah. thomas go in a couple minutes we got we got we're way over but before we do <laughs> travis last question yeah. and then josh last question yes
2: uh go with josh i've, I've already
5: asked my dumbass okay. questions <laughs> okay. I'm so All mad. Right. I missed Travis's questions. Putting my kids to bed. Um, happy, to, happy to jump on. Um, I'm sure, like the rest of the world, the LA world, the sports world. You're watching. You're watching the Last Dance right now, right? You are, you're watching oh, yeah. the MJ documentary. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. All right.
5: So, explain to us the rationale. I, you know, episodes three and four last night. Dennis Rodman gets a gets a hall pass from Phil Jackson. Gets to go to Vegas for yeah. two days. MJ knows there's no <laughs> way this dude's coming back. Tell me what, what happens, you know, you're in the locker room and all of a sudden your teammate gets a hall pass to Vegas for a couple of days. Like what, like, what is that like in a locker room? Because I can't feel like that, that went over that, over that well. Um, I've never had anyone, you <laughs> know, a, <in> a, <laughs> like, I, I haven't had anyone
4: during the week say I have to go to Vegas so I can play on Sunday. <clears throat> um, But it just goes to show you um, whatever it takes to win. Yeah. Uh, And it goes to show you, if you're producing, you're going to have a spot. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're going to have, I mean, all the, if you look at the documentary and and just, you know, Dennis Rodman in general, you know, obviously he's had some situations, but he always found another team because he can produce, because he makes plays. And um, that's what the NFL, the NBA, pro sports are all about, production. Um, If you're not producing, you don't get that whole pass you're not producing, you don't get that chance. You know, you don't get – you know, they don't bring you in the room and say, hey, you know, if you want to play for us? Um, it's a production-driven league, which leads to business, which leads to money. So, um, yeah, I have never experienced someone that could get a hall pass. But if I had a lineman that was, you know, pan-kicking everybody every week, I'd definitely let him go do what he needed to do so he could be ready on Sunday.
5: <laughs> <laughs> and you had a couple of those in your career. That's for yeah, sure. Definitely.
4: From one Wise
2: County boy to another Wise County boy.
5: Wahoo wah. Wahoo, God, wahoo.
2: Thank you again.
0: So, thank you, brothers. Yes. Thank you, everybody. Have a good week. Uh, we will talk to you again soon.
1: With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.